Amen. Thank you very much. I'm going to need a little more volume today. My voice is struggling a little bit, especially on the monitor. Thank you very much, musicians. That's great. Thank you. If you have uh, your Bibles, I would like you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 24. 2 Chronicles chapter 24. We're going to actually use two texts this morning. Welcome to Serge and Fernanda. Welcome back from your cruise. Point to someone early on who took an interest in them. They saw potential. Perhaps it was talent or maybe it was just their willingness to work hard. But somebody noticed them, took an interest, and then made a proactive investment in helping that individual reach their potential and their goals. Many times it's one or both parents. A lot of people will point to their parents as the greatest influence in their lives. It was mom or dad or both who took an interest in us, taught us, set an example and in otherwise mentored them. That's the word I want to focus on this morning as we preach a sermon I've entitled The Kingmaker on the subject of mentoring. We have heard a lot about the story of Ben Carson. I read his book called Taking the Risk, and in that book he talks about how his mother forced him and his brother to read and then uh, produce a book report uh, from the two books they were assigned to read every week. And Ben Carson took an um, interest in reading books about geology. So nobody will know what it is. I'm not going to raise my hand, but nobody raised their hand. And finally, a little timidly, he writes, parents can also get it wrong. Mentoring your children is not doing their laundry and paying their fines and providing for them when they're in their 20s. Parents sometimes are more interested in promoting sports and education than anything spiritual. Nothing wrong with either of those two things. Some parents would rather have their kids be a star running back than they would have them faithful to church and involved in ministry. I've watched parents over the years steer their children away from the church in a sense away from ministry, as if that is going to be the key to real success in life. Our text is part of a grand story. Joash is a young boy, he's an infant, as a matter of fact. He's very much in need of a mentor. His father's dead. And this young child is not going to make it by himself. He can't. He's too young. Can't fend for himself. Someone's got to take an interest. Someone's got to see value in this young boy. And not only see the value of life, but the fact that this young boy has a destiny in God. And I'm going to help him find that. The story of Joash is 
filled with intrigue and drama. There are two very powerful forces trying to wield influence over this little baby. One comes from his grandmother who wants to murder him. We'll read about that in just a sec. A prayer. Athalia is too wicked and too formidable and too forceful. And she successfully murdered all the heirs except this one child. And Jehoiada represents that. He's the kingmaker. You mothers or fathers are called to be kingmakers. Metaphorically, I mean that. To usher your children into their destiny in God. That's your role and that's the highest calling in life. The reason why that is so essential is because the spirit of Athalia still lives. The scripture that I read says she arose and destroyed all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. Young people are targeted today. The world will destroy them. This is not a joke. This is not cute or funny. Uh, Allowing your children to indulge uh, in the world uh, uh, is not uh, uh, some uh, uh, diversion or destruction. Athalia would have destroyed this baby as she destroyed all the royal heirs. Look at what's happening to young people today. It's not uncommon for me to deal with kids uh, who at the ages of six, seven, and eight have been exposed to pornography. Children are being sexualized at ever younger ages today. And they're being mentored all right. But by all the wrong influences whose objective is to ultimately destroy them. So what's the objective? Jehoiada's objective was to keep Joash away from Athaliah. Keep him away from her influence, because she's going to destroy him. She's going to kill him. Your role as a mentor or a parent is to shield and protect your children from the dangers that are out there instead of introducing them. You would never call Athalia and say, Hey, Granny, can you come over and watch your grandchildren? She would have come over with a knife. You don't put your kids in the hands of Athalia. You don't call her over. You don't introduce your children. You hide them from her. But Jehoshabeth took Joash, stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered, put him and his nurse in a bedroom, and so she hid him from Athalia so that she did not kill him. If Athalia gets a hold of your children, she will kill them. Some of you have had the experience in your youth, or maybe you're there now. You backslide, think that there's some pleasure and enjoyment out there. You end up burned. You end up ripped off. The spiritual life that was once in you, imparted by your mother and father or others, has died. Not so easy always to get it back. Jehoiada 
took radical, extreme, and proactive action and got Joash away from Athaliah. Got him out from underneath her influence, hid him, concealed him. The words used, stole him away, put him, and hid him from Athaliah. This is radical, extreme, proactive action. If you're going to do that with any hope of success, there are certain things that are not optional for the mentor, for the parent. Being in church. Watching you serve God, serve in ministry, putting the things of God first. The people that you're mentoring need to see that. Jehoiada set a righteous example as God's priest. He watched this man. His father is now dead. He has no other example but the example of Jehoiada. And he watches Jehoiada stand for God and be a righteous example. They must hear the sound of your prayer life and witness your devotion to the Word of God. You're going to mentor your children and Those who may not be your children, they need to have a memory of what your prayer life sounds like. And they need to have witnessed your devotion to God's Word, your love for God's Word, your reading of God's Word. You need to pray with your children or those who you are mentoring at the earliest possible age for their salvation. And we're going to make room for that here at the altar today. Some of your kids are going to get saved. My oldest son, Joe, my oldest child, Joe, uh, got saved when he was five years old, born again, weeping tears, experience with Christ. Uh, That is not too young to lead one of your children to Christ. You need to pray with them at the earliest possible age and work with them and, and bring them to that place of conversion in their life. Don't make worship optional. Don't feel guilty about protecting your children and shielding them from a failure. What does the Scripture say? Say It says that he was hidden with them in the house of God. Good place to hide your kids from the world is right here. You bring them to church. They see ministry. They have opportunity. They hear the word of God. They see what's happening. It becomes a part of their life experience. And Jehoiada may have had other options of where he could hide Joash out, but he chooses to hide him from Athaliah in the house of God. I can't think of a better place. So let's talk about what this is going to require from you. From the mentor, the cost of being a mentor. Because this is something that really plays out over a lifetime. There's a long-term element. And this is the great challenge. Listen to what it says again in the first text I read from chapter 24, verse 2. It says, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. So that means that he was his mentor for years. Not just in infancy to protect him. Not just at the age of seven, where he ushers him onto the throne, but obviously a seven-year-old still needs help. 
So he continued to pace himself just a little bit ahead of Joash and pull him along and mentor him and guide him unto his adult years as he's leading the nation, as he has now become king. Notice that it didn't say that he mentored him only when he was a child and then at some point, hands off, you're on your own, kids, see you later. How you mentor changes as children grow and come of age, but the ideal of mentoring continues. It's a lifetime commitment. Joe Ash needed Jehoiada as an infant. Didn't know it, but he needed him. Needed him as a child. Needed him as he became king. Needed him in his adult years. You're going to be mentoring through your children's teenage years into their adult life through their career, their calling, whatever that may be, courtship, under marriage, family, uh, and finances. Uh, you're supposed to be a little bit ahead of your children uh, as they reach into their adult years, able to reach back uh, and pull them along. I'm 62 years old, uh, and, and, and I wish sometimes uh, that I could call my dad and ask him and say, Dad, what would you do? He wouldn't say, you're 62, figure it out. He would try to help me. Even though I'm that age, I still need help and guidance and direction in life. Jehoiada took his responsibility as a kingmaker very seriously. To him, it was the priority of life. I'm going to see this boy through to protecting him as an infant. I'm going to get him to the throne. He saw that as his role. It's not about how much money your kids earn, how well they do in sports, education. Those things matter. They're important. Be involved in all of the. What about God's will? What about heaven and hell? What about destiny? What about eternity? What about God's purpose? Are you going to be a kingmaker for your children and for those who mentor? And this is a role that Jehoiada never quit, never gave up on until his dying day. And as a matter of fact, it was God who positioned Jehoiada in Joash's life to assist God in preserving Joash's destiny. Think about that. You are God's gift to your children. You also are God's instrument to guide them and to be a kingmaker, to usher them into the arms of Jesus, into the center of his will and his purpose. Good parenting is not getting involved in your children in all kinds of extracurricular activities. That may be a feature to good parenting. Good parenting is being a kingmaker, making the spiritual destiny of your children the priority of life. What if Joash had rebelled at some point? Well, as an infant, he couldn't really rebel. But later on, what if he had rebelled against the oversight of Jehoiada? He wouldn't have survived. A failure, in order for Joash to take the throne, a failure had to be judged and executed. Nothing was going to happen as far as Joash's 
destiny was concerned, unless Athalia was dealt with, and it was Jehoiada that dealt with her when she needed to be dealt with. In the church, we have this opportunity. First Timothy says, do not rebuke an older man. That's me. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Older women, that's you, as mothers. Titus says, the older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands and to love their own children. So it's talking about you that are here, that are married, and you have children, that there are going to be young girls that rise up in our church that need your oversight, and you need to mentor them. You need to get some of these young girls under the sphere of your influence and help them and show them what love and motherhood and marriage and 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 uh, 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 all that is like, uh, how it's expressed in a person's life, and especially that's true today. We have that term. And I thought about it when I was putting this sermon together, the idea of taking someone under your wing. That refers to a place that is safe. Until the day comes, you stay under your wing. Until the day comes, they can move out a little way. That means... They keep them close for protection, but also uh, the little birds learn from the mother while they are under the wing about survival, about how to fly and such things. Jesus uses that picture to describe redemption and salvation. Oh, Jerusalem, Matthew 23, Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you wouldn't. And you were not willing. We are are instruments for that. God wants to be able to take children and tuck them safely under your wing. Under your oversight, knowing That your vision, your burden, your love for them is going to make them a king one day. You're going to get them to the throne. You're going to deliver them into the arms of Jesus. Because that became the priority of your life. One of the classic examples of this in the Bible is an interesting story of John. More life experience. Knows his father a lot better. Recognizes uh, God's anointing on David's life. uh, And he realizes uh, that if I don't help David uh, and protect him from my father, my father's going to kill him. So he, in a sense, uh, worked on behalf of David and against his father's interests. And then the moment came where the Bible says that Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, his sword, his bow, and his belt. That's a powerful symbol of impartation. All I've learned in my life, all that I've accumulated, all my wisdom, all my knowledge, all my education, Everything that I've developed as a growing man of God, 
David, I'm going to take this and I'm going to impart it to you. I want to give it to you. And so David and Jonathan are both adults now, but Jonathan is still imparting, still giving, still speaking into his life and still protecting him. Unfortunately, this sermon is going to end on a sad note. Joash outlived Jehoiada. That day was going to come. Jehoiada was older as Joash moved ahead in life and sat on the throne and became king and moves forward in his calling. And the years pass, Jehoiada becomes elderly, and he dies. So the mentor is no longer there for Joash. And the sad ending to the story is that as long as Jehoiada was alive, interacting with Joash, Joash did good. Joash did good. He excelled. He succeeded. But then when Jehoiada died, it wasn't very long before Joash completely backslid. Mentoring is never enough. I can give you all that I am, all that I have. I can teach, instruct, and provide you with guidance. But at some point, Young man, young woman, you have to internalize the things of God for yourself. Otherwise, the mentor is nothing more than a prop holding you up because you can't stand on your own two feet. As soon as Jehoiada withdraws from the scene and passes away, Joash collapses. And unfortunately, because of that, Joash never entered into the promise of God for himself. Jehoiada was only a kingmaker temporarily and at the point where Joash needed to stand on his own two feet. He had never internalized the things of God for himself. He lived off of the relationship that Jehoiada had with God. Without Jehoiada, he lost his way. He reverts back to idolatry. And I think very sadly, this is the case for many. They do okay. Children's church. Children's Sunday school. They're interested in the Bible. They're doing all the crafts. Our staffs of Sunday school and children's church do such a great job. But then those children graduate up and out of those uh, Uh, programs that we have here at the church now at the age of 13. uh, They're sitting in regular services. uh, They're growing up into 15 years old and then 18 and then 20. And it's not very long before they're on in life. uh, And the question is, uh, have you internalized the things of God for yourself? When godly parents are there, teachers are there, pastors there, you do okay. Under their immediate Hands-on oversight. But now that you're on your own, you begin to fade as soon as you get into school, high school, or college, or you 
Some kids move away and go to college elsewhere. As soon as they detach and get away, because they never internalize the things of God for themselves, they experience a, a spiritual collapse. A number of years ago, I was invited to preach at the chapel service of the UTEP football game. It was on the eve of their big rivalry with New Mexico State. And after I preached, they won the game 42 to nothing. And I've always wondered why they didn't invite me back. But anyway, I just uh, uh, opened in prayer. I wrote a sermon for them, and I preached. And I was shocked when half of them raised their hands immediately to answer the altar call. Some of them, I talked with them afterwards, were from Virginia, Alabama, Georgia. Some were white, some were black. And the reason for that reaction was a lot of these kids were saved in church. They had a godly mama, godly father. They had a relationship with the pastor. They were in and out of church their whole life. Uh, they get a football scholarship, uh, and they come to UTEP, uh, and it, they never internalize the things of God for themselves. Now they're out partying, running around. They're not making a stand for God in their life. Uh, they got away from the mentorship, and because they never internalized the things of God, they experienced a collapse. To all young people here, we can help you. Jehoiada saved Joash's life. Became a kingmaker, got him to the throne, but a mentor can't do everything for you. At some point, you have to internalize the things of God for yourself. After Jehoiada's passing, Joash backslides, and then Jehoiada's son, you'd think that Joash would feel so grateful to Jehoiada after he passed away that he would honor Jehoiada's son. This is what he did to Jehoiada's son. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says the Lord, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. And so they conspired against Zechariah, and at the command of King Joash, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. The very house where he was hidden as a child, preserved from Athalia, becomes the killing ground for his spiritual life. In and out of the house of God. You grow up in life. You need now to internalize the things of God. That doesn't happen. The house of God can become the killing ground for everything good that God tried to put in your life. Here Zechariah rises up under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And begins to try to bring a word of correction to Joash. And Joash has so far deteriorated by this time, he has him killed and executed. I mean, this story is amazing to me. Right in the house of God. And thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him, but killed his son. And as he died, he said, Zechariah said, the Lord look on it and repay. Sad testimony. To a young boy whose life was saved by a loving mentor. 
but he let it all slip away because he never internalized the things of God for himself. This altar is a place for young people to come, and I'm going to ask in a moment for only youth under 20 to come. Some of you may not want to blow this off. It's irrelevant to you and where you're at in your life, but I'm praying for strong conviction for this to be a turning point in some of your lives. You could even be a little older than 20. I'm looking at some of you that I know are older than 20. You need this altar to internalize the things of God. Let's bow our heads this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There's a wonderful grace of God. There are parents here. I'm going to ask you to bring your children that may only be four or five or six or seven. They need a memory of you bringing them to the altar and leading them in a sinner's prayer. Do they have that memory? How much have you talked to your children about salvation, about their conversion, or do you depend on me or the Sunday school or children's church? That's obviously going to help and assist you, but it needs to come from you. I am not everyone's mentor. Jesus could only mentor 12. As a leader, I have limitations. My wingspan is only so big. This is going to be a destiny-shaping altar call, not just for our youngest among us or for teenagers and young men and women, but also for parents and mentors that are here. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, perhaps you've come to the service this morning, you're not saved, you're not right with God, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you want to know Him. We live in a very wicked, sinful, evil world. Athalia lives today, and she will destroy your life if you allow yourself to come under her oversight. Her arms are wide open. She's welcoming you to come out into the big, bad world. Sin, immorality, it's all there for the picking. So easy to access all manner of uncleanness and immorality and sin and rebellion. Athalia had access to the sons of the king. She destroyed them. The only one she didn't get access to was the one that was protected in the house of God by Jehoiada. You better take this seriously, mom and dad. May require you changing your parental philosophy. Because as of right now, you're not being a kingmaker. And you need an altar to correct your direction. But you're here this morning and you're not saved. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you really want to know Him. And you want to get your heart right with God. You want forgiveness of sin. You really do want to repent and come to Jesus. If that describes you, and I'm not just talking to youth now, perhaps some of you that describes that are young, but I'm talking to everyone. 20s and 30s, middle age and beyond, you need Jesus. You need to repent and you need to get your heart right with God. If that describes you, please let me help you and pray for you today. 
it really is so easy to humble yourself. I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. How hard is that? I know it's hard because of pride. I know it can be said to be hard because of how hard our hearts may be. But really, it's a moment. It's a, it's a, it's a moment of honesty and sincerity. We feel God's presence here today. We know he's among us. You'll have no excuse when you stand before God. You won't be able to say, I didn't know, Pastor. Lord, I didn't know. I wasn't aware. You know and you're aware and you're able right now to repent and get your heart right with God. Will you let me pray for you? If so, I want you just to lift your hand. You could be a young person or beyond that, but I want you all to lift your hand right now. Let me pray for you. God bless you, sis. I see that. Thank you. Anyone else? Lift your hand right up right now in Jesus' name. God bless you. I want to repent and get my heart right with God. If you raise your hand, you can put it down. Anyone else? Lift your hand. All I want to do is pray for you here today. You need to repent. And you need to get your heart right with God in Jesus' name. Lift your hand right up and put it right back down. In Jesus' name, and join this one. You're not right with God. You know there's sin in your life. You need to repent and come to Christ. Lift your hand up. God is dealing with your heart. Knocking gently, wanting to come in. Will you open the door of your heart? You don't have to live in sin a moment longer. You don't have to live with the loneliness and the fear a moment longer. There's someone here. The spirit of suicide has laid hold of your mind. And you would, you really, you're living with a death wish. You may not take your life, but you wish something would happen where your life, you don't want to live anymore. That's not the way God intended you to be. He intended you to have peace and joy. He wants to be your kingmaker this morning. And get you up out of the pit. Get you onto the throne that you need to be. Would you lift your hand right now and let me pray for you? I want to repent. I want to get my heart right with God. All right, let me, let me target young people. You want to come to Jesus. You want to ask him to be your savior and receive him as your Lord today. You're old enough to understand what I'm talking about. You could be as young as five. But there's something inside. You want to be right with God. You don't want to be bad or do wrong or be foolish. You want to somehow find a way to express the goodness of God in your life. Would you lift your hand this morning? Lift your hand all over this building. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? All right. There are others a little older in life. You're old enough to understand what I mean by internalizing the things of God. As long as mom and dad is there to tell you to get ready to church, you go to church. What if they weren't there? Would you come? Do you have a prayer life? Do you read your Bible when you're by yourself on your own? Or does everything have to be, does everybody have to prop you up? It's time for you to.
you need this altar to do that, I want you to lift your hand. Lift your hand right up. Others are here. Amen. Others. Teenagers. I talked to you. What are you doing? You've been undisciplined recently. What are you talking about? You got it all together all of a sudden spiritually? You need to get your hand up. Join these that have already done so. I want every young person, whether you raise your hand or not, you need to internalize the things of God. Maybe you think you have or you're, you need this altar. I want you to get up out of your seat right now. I'm talking to teenagers right now. You're out of your seat. Young adults, even in your early 20s, I want you to slip out of your seat. And I want you to come and find a place to pray at this altar. Nobody else moving for a moment. Coming to this altar, finding a place to pray. No mentors around you right now. I want you to talk to God. God, I need you to help me. Everything I've heard, I want it to be internalized. I want a real experience with you. I want to know you. I want to feel the joy and the peace and the reality of Christ. There are a lot of you who don't feel that. All the props are there to bring you to church. Try to marginalize your bad behavior. But where would you be without your mentor? Would you be like Joash, where everything just collapses spiritually? Now, there are young children that are here, and you're sitting with your mom and dad, and you want to pray for salvation. Parents, I want you to bring those children right now to the altar. Get your children and bring them. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They need the memory of, they may have prayed. They may have prayed with somebody else. The, one of the teachers have, may have prayed with them in our uh, youth, uh, uh, children's programs. You need, they need to have a memory of you leading them to Christ and praying the sinner's prayer with them. I treasure those moments with my children and I remember it as clear as day. My wife and I were pastoring our first church. My son was five. We were driving to a neighboring town 40 miles away. I don't remember what my wife and I were discussing, something spiritual, something about the church. And I remember my little five-year-old son, Joe, put his head between us. His lips were trembling. And he said, I want to get saved. We immediately pulled the car over, prayed the sinner's prayer, and we all cried. He was born again at that time. There are parents here. God's dealing with you about your parental philosophy. You've been more interested in extracurricular activities than you have about making your son or daughter a king. About getting them on their throne. About guiding them in the will of God. You've done everything. In fact, you fought against that. You need this altar to get your heart right, 
so that you can become the kingmaker that God has called you to be. I want you to get out of your seat right now and come and find a place to pray. And there are others here at the altar. You may be a parent or a grandparent or a single person, but you want to involve yourself. It's, you're not too old. I mentor. And thinking about this sermon, I want to get a few more young people under my wing. If you're here and you don't have children at home anymore, grandparent, think about what you have to offer. Young girls and young men, if you just impart what you've learned all these many years, you've been a Christian. Doesn't mean you have to live with a person. Doesn't mean they have to move into your house. So I'm going to open the altars to parents and to those who want to be involved in helping someone get to their destiny. The rest of you now can come, parents and others that want to be involved. I want you just to find a place to pray. God is dealing with you as a father, as a mother. Maybe you're a single mother. You've got to be that kingmaker to some degree. There will be others in the church to help you. But you've got to be the example and the testimony. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. We need you today at this altar. Oh, God, I feel destiny being shaped right now at this altar. What future for these children and these young people? Only God knows. Oh, God, those kids that frustrate you now are tomorrow's kings. They have a destiny. Take an interest in their spiritual destiny. Ask yourself, God, what do you have for my son and my daughter? How can I usher them into your arms and onto the throne that you have prepared for their lives? That's what Jehoiada did. He took it seriously, and he mentored Joash throughout his entire life. God, I thank you and I praise you. I love you, Lord. Thank you for these beautiful children and young people. These treasures of life and future and destiny. Give us the heart that Jehoiada had when he looked at Joash and saw the future. Saw a godly destiny, valued this young life, and set himself to protect him from the world. So that what God wanted to do would not be destroyed by a failure, by the world. You need to get your kids out of the arms of a failure and back in church. That's what this story tells us Jehoiada did. He was hidden in the house of God. What a great metaphor. Oh, God. Let your spirit touch the hearts of parents. Thank you, Lord, for these parents that are here today who love their children, want your best for their lives. Guide them in the way they should go to be the kingmakers that you've called them to be. I thank God for every mother and every father and every single mother. Single father. God, let there be an impartation. Let these young teenagers here begin or continue the process, Lord, of internalizing the things of God in their lives. Visit them this morning. 
Give them an experience right now in the things of God. Let them know your truth and your reality and your love and your grace. Let them know it as I know it, as Jehoiada knew it. God, I bind the spirit of Athalia who wants to destroy our children. Devil, you're going to get your hands off of our children. In Jesus' name, we're going to protect them from you. We're going to shield them and hide them in the house of God. Let's all stand, can we, around the altars tonight? Just remain here. I want you to stand with your children. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. If you're a parent and you're with your children now, I just want you to lay hands on your child. And I want us all to pray this prayer together. God in heaven, I'm dedicating myself to be the kingmaker that you've called me to be. As a young man or woman, I'm dedicating myself to internalize the things of God. I've struggled with doubt, with sin, with the world, but God, I want you. I want you to be realized and a reality in my heart. Make that real to me right now, Lord. I receive your love and your grace. And I commit myself right now to wield as much spiritual influence as I can, not only with my children, but other young men and women in the church. For there may be those here, they don't have a mentor. No one's taken an interest. God, touch my heart with the value of their life, like Jehoiada was touched with the value of Joash's life. And God, I thank you for what you're doing. We dedicate our youth to the throne that you have established for them. Help us usher them there, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's thank the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I love you. I exalt you. I glorify you. I worship you. Hallelujah, Father, I pray your blessing over our youth. God, I impart your spirit into their hearts. I bind the world, O oh God. Hallelujah, it's perversion and violence, O oh God. Oh, God, I praise you, Lord. I love you. I thank you. I rejoice, oh, God, in all that you're doing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Amen. If God's dealing with one of our leaders to interpret that, you interpret that. Amen. Oh, Jesus, we need you right now, Lord God. Touch every heart in life. 
Shala Raba Korian Ravila Raba Korian Ravila Ramando Rororobose. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you, Lord God. I think God is just wanting to reaffirm his word in every life here. Jehoiada didn't fail. Sometimes parents think that, that if your kids don't end up living for God, but you've done all that you can. At some point, your children have to internalize the things of God for themselves. And if they're still alive and functioning, it's not too late for that. You continue praying, continue being the best example you can be, and continue hoping for that great day to come when they'll get a revelation and come home like the prodigal son did. We're not going to look at Jehoiada and say, ha-ha, Jehoiada, you failed. You're a, you're a lousy mentor. No. He was as good a mentor as he could be. As God was, as good a heavenly father as he could be to Adam. We have a will. And with that will, we can choose to go in a wrong direction despite all the good, all the love that has flowed from parents and others to your life. It can all be squandered if you yourself... Don't internalize it. Amen. Let's bow our heads today, thanking God. Amen. Oh, God, we praise you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would seal this word. Deal with parents and mentors here today, God. Raise up godly teachers and instructors, those that will see value and cultivate potential in young people around us, Lord. God, I pray for our youth, Lord. God, guide them, help them, protect them, Lord. We understand the wickedness and evil that awaits them in this world. The world has no mercy. The world ultimately will destroy them, God, but we are going to do everything we can to protect and shield and cover. Father, I pray for their safety. God, I pray for revelation to come to them at the earliest possible age. Revelation for salvation, revelation to internalize the things of God. I thank you for our youth, Lord. Raise up among them those that will lead. Provide an example and be a testimony and not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Raise up those that will have courage to provide guidance for other young people and to minister truth to other young people. Make a stand for God in the midst of a sinful world, God. I pray the Holy Ghost would fill him right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Let's praise God one more time. Hallelujah. Yendere ala ravila ramando rolorobo sala ravila ramandai. Father, I praise you, I love you, I worship you. We glorify you and exalt you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads right now. We'll just dismiss right now. We have a great service tonight getting to the root. You don't want to miss that. Bring some of the needs of the Lord. Bring people that need Jesus. Call someone today that maybe you're working with or maybe a family member, maybe somebody you're witnessing to and encourage them to come out. As uh, Wally reiterated, uh, let's be in prayer tonight at 530. Uh, Let's come and expecting great, great things tonight. Amen. Our heads are bowed.
We're going to go rejoicing, thanking God, and I'm going to ask uh, uh, today if uh, Juan uh, Riquetta would pray and ask the Lord to bless Gift and Giver.